Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave 32 teams in 32 days. Brought to you only by Brodo Fantasy and BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here are my two brothers. <laughs> Michael and Jason, you guys, you guys doing uh, high fives over my digitally imposed uh, some high fives and a little bit of and a little bit of fus just because you're not here and you can't defend yourself. Go (laughs) yourself. Today we are going to be going over the champions of the AFC Northern Division, and that is the Baltimore Ravens, led by the most exciting player in the game, and that is Lamar Jackson. Um, Remember, we do this twice. A week during the fantasy football season on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. We also give you everything you need on BrotoFantasy.com. And for a bunch extras and to play in our fantasy leagues, check out Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. So, let's get right into it. The offensive outlook for the Ravens is the same exact story as last year. John Harbaugh uh, is back. And the mastermind of the Lamar Jackson offense, Greg Roman, is back. So, expect similar things, especially out of this team that ran way more than any other team in the league last season. Let's get to one of those runners and throwers, and that's quarterback Lamar Jackson. Now, the question is for Lamar Jackson, can he uh, do again what he did last year, having one of the best fantasy seasons in the history of anything? Can he be that same type of passer is the question that we really have. We know what he brings in terms of running the ball. But even then, questionable here if he could deliver on the record-breaking numbers they delivered on last year. Now, last year, he threw a TD on a ridiculous 9% of his throw last season. Just to say how ridiculous that is, only three players have ever done that. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Goat, goat, goat. And none of them ever did it twice. On top of that, he had three five-touchdown games. The only player to ever do that was Tom Brady in his nearly perfect MVP season. If you draft him, you are drafting him high, 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 probably in the second round, maybe in the third round if you get lucky. Is he going to be that miracle worker again? Odds say that he will be great, but will you appreciate it as much when you play the price? And if he's not as good, I mentioned even Michael Vick, the most prolific running quarterback in the history of the league, only ever had one season of a thousand yards or more. So the question is, will he do it again? What do you guys think? Yeah, the thing with Lamar Jackson is last season he was a QB1 and RB1 in one, right? I mean, he had 1,200 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns on top of 36 passing touchdowns, only six in those. Like you said, the hyper efficient. Offense, 9% touchdown rate. The league average last year was 4.5. He was literally double league average, and it is almost impossible for him to do this again. Like, he's not going to have a 9% touchdown rate this year, period. He And the thing with uh, Lamar Jackson is he had 3,127 passing yards. That was 22nd in the league. He, less than Mitchell Trubisky, actually. Trubisky had more passing yards than Lamar Jackson, yet he was first in passing touchdowns. The Ravens overall were 28th in passing yards per game, yet he was first in passing touchdowns. All this to say, look, 
they added J.K. Dobbins in the draft. They added Devin DuVernay in the draft. They added uh, Marquise Brown is back and healthy. So he's going to have his weapons. Adding J.K. Dobbins, maybe they'll be even more run heavy than they were last season, as crazy as that sounds. I think Lamar Jackson's going to be a top two quarterback. There's just such a large gap between drafting Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and then the other quarterbacks. Like, if you could wait till round nine and get Carson Wentz or Matt Stafford, just drafting Lamar Jackson around two or three just is not appealing to me because he's not going to be as good of a actual quarterback. And 1,200 rushing yards and seven rushing TDs is also a lot to ask for from Jackson as well. Even if he goes for 1,007 and throws for 3,200 passing yards, he's not going to be 36 and six. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really of the draft quarterbacks early mold. I think Lamar Jackson's a bit different than the typical guy because of the rushing prowess that he has, but I'm just, I'm not a QB early guy and there's going to be some regression this season. I, 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 I have not had Lamar Jackson on any of my teams. Although with that being said, I did, I did just draft Patrick Mahomes in the second round of a league with that. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to draft a quarterback in the second round, but this had, um, it was like a quarterback premium type league where they, they had more points that counted towards their um, overall scores. So, well, you got points per completion. You got extra points for 50-yard touchdowns. Like, it's made for Patrick Mahomes. Right. But I did it on Mahomes, and I wasn't even considering Lamar Jackson. So, it shows you where I stand on that. Again, not saying Lamar Jackson is not going to be good, but it's going to be tough um, to repeat what he did last year. Let's go over to running back. Mark Ingram. He ended the year as the RB8 last season. Probably pretty quiet. Um, one of the most consistent producers all year. 15 total touchdowns last season. But people are scared off by two things. Number one, he turns 31 years old this year. But he has never been a primary ball carrier. So I would say that for him, 31 years old doesn't mean the same as it means for other guys because his legs don't have that work on them. Number two, losing carries to J.K. Dobbins, who was a second-round pick out of Ohio State that Michael mentioned. Some expected him in the first round. But of running back carries last year, Ingram split time with the other running backs almost 50-50. Ingram had 202 carries to Gus Edwards, 103, and uh, and Hills, uh, 91, which, I mean, I'm sorry, 58, which is 191. So he had 202 carries, and the other running backs on the team, not counting Lamar Jackson, had 191 carries. So he's already splitting running back carries 50-50. He also had five TDs on 26 receptions. That's going to be hard to replicate. J.K. Dobbins, he is a pass-catching back. He was impressive at Ohio State. So where do you guys stand on these two running backs? And J.K. Dobbins, does he have standalone value? Where does he fit in? Because so just want to put this out there. Gus Edwards, quietly the most quiet 700-yard season in the history of running backs last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I love Gus the bus. The dude had 711 rushing yards last season. I, no, I don't think anyone even remembers the fact that he played. No. So the thing is, look, the Ravens were the most run-heavy team in the league last season. Over 37 rush attempts per game. A lot of that was Lamar Jackson, obviously. 13 of those per game went to Mark Ingram. So like you said, he was getting like a third of those rush attempts. On those rush attempts, though, he ended with 1,013 rushing yards. He had 247 receiving yards, 15 touchdowns overall. He averaged 5 yards per carry, was top 10 in yards per target receiving, was top 10 in the league in evaded tackles. And I know everyone's scared that J.K. Dobbins is there and is going to be like the main guy now and just kick Mark Ingram out. But Mark Ingram was way too integral to that offense. He absolutely fit that offense to a mold. He ran it absolutely perfectly, and he was a big reason why 
They were such a dominant offense last season. I think J.K. Dobbins isn't going to come steal Mark Ingram's work. He's going to take from Justice Hill. He's going to take from Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards had 133 rush attempts, 711 yards. Great. Great rushing by Gus Edwards. But it was one-dimensional when Gus Edwards was on the field. He was not a pass-catching back. Guess who could catch passes? J.K. Dobbins. He's basically like Mark Ingram. You take off Mark Ingram, you put J.K. Dobbins on the field, you could run this same exact offense. Both of them could run the ball. Both of them could catch passes. Mark Ingram, no one's expecting him to be ADP-wise a top 12 running back, right? Like, he's being drafted ADP in half PPR leagues, RB21. RB21, he was 7th in half PPR leagues last year, ninth in PPR, despite less than 30 receptions. Last season, he had 15 touchdowns. Obviously, you say that's a lot. They can't repeat. Take away 7. That leaves him with 8 touchdowns on the year. He still would have been running back 14. That's half his touchdown output taken away, and he's still a high-end RB2. He's currently going as ADP of RB21. So I'm absolutely drafting Mark Ingram where he's going right now. I just drafted him in the uh, in the Raz Bowl as well as my fourth running back in the seventh round. That's unbelievable. I will say I was out on Mark Ingram until I started researching this topic for this pod. Uh, I I was one of those guys like, he's he's old, J.K. Doms is there, I'm not trusting him. I And then I did the research, and I... I I am in on Mark Ingram for all the reasons why you said. Yeah, and it's um, not like the, the yards per carry, sorry for cutting you off, but the yards yeah, per carry, it's not like something that is just, it's a completely different offense that they run. So it's not like they're just giving him the ball up the middle to run. Like, they're running options with Lamar Jackson and these, like, outside zones, and there's no reason why Mark Ingram can't continue to average five yards per carry, as all the other Ravens do. And J.K. Dobbins, on the other hand... I think he's going to take the vast majority of Gus Edwards' work. They were even saying that Gus Edwards might not even make the team, which is a little crazy to me. But clearly, they're trying to move to a to implement a running back that could catch the ball as well. Gus Edwards was seeing eight carries a game last season. Only saw seven targets on the year. Justice Hill saw 15 targets. So that's 22 targets. Say J.K. Dobbins gets eight to ten carries a game. He sees two to three targets. Why can't he end up with 800 rushing yards, 200 receiving yards? Five touchdowns. That's a thousand yards total. Five touchdowns. Twenty or so receptions. There are two things. There are two things that I will caveat though that you should take into consideration. One, Marshall Yanda, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, retired. Number two, they outscored opponents by twenty points last year of game, basically. Yeah. So they were but, up a lot. But they were running even when they were losing. Like that's how they were getting back in the games. And Dobbins. If he ends with the 1,000 yards and five touchdowns, which I think is not out of the realm of possibility, that's RB25 compared uh, in half PPR leagues last season, 140 fantasy points. He's currently going as RB41. So at that ADP, I like Dobbins too because I think he's going to have some every week appeal. And if Mark Ingram goes down, man, J.K. Dobbins is going to be a steal and a half. Yeah, when you have an offense that runs this much, take your pick, pick off those running backs. I'll take them. I'll stash them. Just give them all. Give me all of them. I want to eat them up. Um, Let's go to the pass-catching game. Uh, Wide receivers. Let's start there because the number one receiver is a tight end. So we'll wait for tight end. Let's go to wide receivers. Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin, their rookies, Devin DuVernay, and some say James Prochet was the steal of the draft. Um, Willie Sneed, right? The, let's let's talk about what their opportunity is because the Ravens had the lowest pass attempts per game last season, 28. 15 of those passes went to tight ends and running backs. 
So that leaves 13 total targets left over for receivers. Are there enough targets to go around to have any of these players be fantasy viable at this point this year? No, I don't think so. I don't want wide receivers for the Ravens. First of all, like you said, Mark Andrews is the number one wide receiver. Um, I guess I could talk about him right now, too. 698 of his yards last season came from the slot. Out of his total, 852. So he's basically their slot receiver. And then their actual slot receiver, Willie Sneed. I have to mention his name because we talk about every player. But Devin Duvernay was like a Swiss Army knife for Texas. Uh, probably going to come out of the slot in his NFL career. So we could be seeing the end of Willie Sneed. And then when we look at Brown and Boykin, one guy had much higher draft capital last year, Brown. But... What really separates these two people on the field in terms of their fantasy production? Lamar Jackson was extremely efficient last season. We already discussed that. But will Marquise Brown see enough work? Because there are a lot of people aren't questioning Miles Boykin. He's just not being drafted. Nobody's questioning that he's not going to see enough work. Nobody's questioning if he's going to be able to pull off 50-yard touchdowns. But will Marquise Brown be able to do all of this? Marquise Brown had one game over five targets after week four last season. His stat line was 46, 584, and 7. He's not a prototypical touchdown scorer either. So he's not going to really score red zone touchdowns. So what we're really relying on is big plays. And with the drop in efficiency that we're expecting from Lamar Jackson, big plays are probably going to decrease. Miles Boykin's a third rounder in his own right. They're just not enough to go around for these people. I think that they're both being drafted at their ceilings just because there's not going to be enough work. Mark Ingram's going to catch passes. So is J.K. Dobbins. Maybe Justice Hill will mix in. Mark Andrews is the number one there. And they're going to run most of the time. Marquise Brown is there to take the top off the offense and keep defenses on their toes. I think that's his role in that offense. And it's going to work every once in a while. But I don't see it being a every week starter. I think Hollywood Brown as your number three wide receiver is not the worst thing you could do. Because there is upside there. There is upside. There, There's a lot of upside. Now... We're going by last year's targets. But if the targets do tick up, I think it's going to be Hollywood Brown that gets that. Um, but someone that's definitely going to be the beneficiary of the targets, I believe, is Mark Andrews. Jason talked a little bit about Andrews. He cemented himself as Lamar Jackson's favorite target last season. He was Lamar Jackson's favorite target the year before, too. That only despite seeing 43% of snap share. He was on the field less than half the time. Despite that, he led the team in targets, receptions, yards, and TDs. He led the league in hog rate. He was thrown to on 23% of the snaps that he was in. Lined up in the slot, like Jason said, 34% of the time. He led all tar- tight ends with deep targets in 20. He was number one in target distance. He was number three in contested catch rate, so he was making hard catches too. He's more than a tight end. He's Lamar Jackson's number one receiver. And they showed even more confidence in him by getting rid of a tight end in Hayden Hurst, who, by the way, is vacating 39% of the snaps to tight end. And not only that, Hayden Hurst played 26% of his snaps in the slot. So there's going to be more slot snaps to go around, more tight end snaps to go around. The expectations are there, though. Tight end three overall, third round ADP. I think he can meet expectations. What do you guys think? It's it's a tough call with Mark Andrews because he can definitely meet expectations, but the expectations are high. And he caught a touchdown one out of every 6.4 catches last season. That's an absurd number. Um He's probably going to go up in snap rate, but are his targets going to go up? Um, 
is he going to receive as many red zone targets as he did last season? There's a lot of questions around Mark Andrews. The potential's there. As a third-round pick, it's a little scary. Um, I'm not a big tight end early guy. If you're getting Kelsey or Kittle, you know what you're going to get. But getting a tight end with question marks in the third round, the upside is there. I just... It's a little tricky for me. And I know, I know, I know it's enticing. It is. I don't know if he has those question marks. I think that he doesn't have the question marks the same way that Kittle and Kelsey don't have question marks. Like, these guys cemented themselves in the offense. This is the second time. Michael talked about Chris Herndon getting 500 yards as a rookie. Mark Andrews is on that list of people with 500 yards as a rookie. And in his second season, he cemented himself 800. There's room to grow because he only had 800 and a, a few, a, a little over 800 yards Last year, like he has room to catch more balls, he has moved to to cement himself more, and I just think he cemented himself so hard. I, I love Mark Andrews this year. If, if I have a chance to draft him, I'll probably draft him. I guess I'll, I, say, I'll tell you this: if I, he if he drops into the fourth round, don't pass on this guy. In the third round, it's a little bit. Meh. If he drops into the fourth round, don't pass on him. You'll be you'll just a mistake. I guess I'll say if you take Mark Andrews, I'm not gonna be mad at you. I just think there's too much receiver and running back value around him. I'd rather have. Calvin Ridley, James Conner. I'd rather take my chances on those guys than draft Mark Andrews. All right. With that being said, our one injury away. Mine is J.K. Dobbins. We mentioned how he's basically Mark Ingram's clone, except younger. If he's in the, if he's in there, I think that he's just gonna take over that Mark Ingram role and be, and be successful. Jason. Yeah. Speaking for me and Michael, because it's J.K. Dobbins. Everyone knows it. All right, so with that being said, that is the podcast for today. The next time we see us will be tomorrow, and it'll be for the Browns. Um, For Mike Petrop and Jason Petrop, I am uh, Tim Petrop. You can find us on Twitter, at BrotoFFMike, at BrotoFFJason, at BrotoFFTim. See what we did there. You can find us all, BrotoFantasy.com. You can find us all, at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. You can find us, BrotoFantasy on Instagram and Facebook. You could also find us on patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy for exclusive, exclusive, exclusive extras like extra episodes, um, uh, leagues, the Discord, uh, giveaways, tons and tons of extra stuff for you on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. So come check us out, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Uh, we'll be talking to you next time. Until then, peace. Later.